This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have Karen Eldot in the uh, in the studio. How are we doing today, Karen? I'm excellent, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you. I already know from your enthusiasm on our little pre-call here that uh, you're fired up today, you're ready to go, and you're going to give a lot to our listeners. So we're excited. Oh, with so, pleasure. Uh, why don't you just, for those who uh, may not know who Karen is, why don't you give us a little lay of the land and what's made you the woman you are today? Absolutely. With huge problems. I mean, honestly, this is kind of like a date, right? That's um, right. So for those who don't know me, I'm the founder of With Enthusiasm Coaching. I am a coach and a motivational speaker or a professional speaker. And when you say professional speaker, people ask what that is. That means I get paid to talk. It's really an awesome job and I recommend it with all my heart. Um, My coaching programs are designed to shake you up and wake you up in any realm of your life and get you to your goal like any great coaching program does with a couple of big distinctions. Number one is that I am a certified coach in the vast majority of coaching uh, in the United States, which is a very, very new realm. Most coaches are not certified, certainly not by the International Coaching Federation. So that's kind of an important distinction. But also, I came to coaching or became the woman I am, as you said, Brett, through crisis counseling. So I started out as a suicide counselor. I still am a volunteer with crisistextline.org. And uh, it sort of became the most fun thing I did and the thing I looked forward to the most in my week. And when you discover something that you like so much for which you do not get paid, you probably have to follow that notion, right? That's right. And it taught me an enormous amount about myself and a lot about people. And following that hunch, I created my own system, which has since created a a pretty big enterprise for myself. And I love it more than anything. And that's pretty much it. I like it. So let, let's talk, dive in there real quick on that is, you know, you see these, um, what I'll use air quotes here, some celebrities, People that on the service, I think of Anthony Bourdain, I think of Kate mm-hmm. Spade recently. I mean, what can we learn from those folks that obviously seemingly look like they had everything that you could ever want to be successful, to be happy, all those things, but obviously that's just not the case. And so what what can we learn from that? You can learn that we are all more alike than we are unalike. In fact, the most common question I get asked, because with enthusiasm was designed for superstars, it was designed for overachievers like me. I was one. It's a lot harder for you to ask for help when you seemingly have everything that you're supposed to have and supposed to want, and you're still not happy. The point is that anxiety comes to us all, and it certainly does come to us all today in this particular point in history. You know, Brett, um, suicide is at a 30-year high. Many people are familiar with the stats because of the celebrity deaths, which have really made... uh, 
shown a spotlight on the, the crisis. One in six Americans currently has been diagnosed by general anxiety disorder and a staggering amount, 100 million prescriptions are written every year for antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. And when we live in a, in a universe like that, you, you can't say anxiety is another person's problem or belongs to another strata. It doesn't. It affects us all. And so to, to face it head on and to go for happiness, to really allow yourself to go for happiness is a universal flight. And don't you think that people now, it is more, I'm again, using these air quotes, it's okay to talk more about anxiety and nerves. You know, I've dealt with nerves a lot throughout my life and but I find the more I share, the more transparent I can be, uh, the, the more vulnerability that there is, the better it is with people and relationships and, and so on and so forth. So wouldn't you find that today is, uh, is it probably more okay to do that than in the past? Yes, 100%. And I have to talk about a specific segment. Um, I believe that historically it was harder for men to have discussions about feelings and to talk about vulnerability and to talk about fear, to talk about fear of failure openly. Today, especially if you look at the crisis text line numbers, they are a very increasing or a growing segment of the people who call in and just want to talk, to voice their feelings, to air their concerns, to have a shoulder supporting them and listening to them. So it's not anymore this attitude of it's fine, it'll go away, I'll be okay, I'll get over this, it's let's shake this off. But okay, this warrants attention and I deserve support and I deserve to be heard. We've also come to understand we live in a society in which it has become increasingly okay to share our feelings and to have or acknowledge our feelings. As I may have mentioned in many of my talks, the fastest growing segment of people who show up on the crisis text line line and want to talk about their feelings and express their anxiety are men. And men of different strata, different sections of society, but in general, they are able to finally say, instead of saying to themselves, it's okay, it's fine, I should shake this off, to share this and to actually have these conversations about what's troubling them, about their vulnerability, about their fears, which ends up benefiting them enormously. You also see many men congregating in groups where breadth like perhaps you have experienced in your life, you actually do share stuff with each other. So rather than saying, you okay, bro, and the other guy saying, yeah, I'm all right, you have real discussions about what's going on in your life, and you start to find the support that you need as a result. Yep. Well, I even like the uh, how you doing question. You can tell a lot by somebody, how they respond with how you doing, right? And so it's like, how you doing? And they're like, yeah, hey, I'm fine. And it's like, no, how you really doing? And I think those that's that QBQ, that question behind the question, that so many people we have to get good at asking the question behind the question to get more out of somebody. So, um, Which is why really the follow-up question is so fantastic. And what else? Right. And I mean, what what's really else? on your mind? And right? when people start to um, actually understand so one, that you're listening, they talk. Exactly. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today, too, I was excited to, is uh, I, I saw or read somewhere, you've mastered two feelings. Hell yes. And hell no. So talk, talk to me about that. <laughs> well, there is a wonderful book that was written, I don't know, like 20 years ago about, by Alan Cohen called Why Your Life Sucks and What You Can Do About It. P.S. World's Greatest Book Title. And he really narrowed everything down to this. If it's not a hell no, it's a hell yes. And if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So 
<clears throat> the truth is when people are asking you for advice, they kind of know what they want, right? If you're mired in doubt and there's more doubt than there is this eagerness to do that what you want to do, don't do it. And that's really what life boils down to. Indecisiveness is probably the biggest problem with most people's lives today. They don't mean to be stuck in that doubt and uncertainty. But if you started to realize that that doubt and that uncertainty was either telling you something or was what was keeping you miserable or in a state of anxiety, you would start being a lot more decisive. Hmm. Yeah. And so when you, when you, how do you do that though? So it's easy said than done. So how do you just get to that hell yes or hell no stage quicker so uh, we can get the most out of life? I have a lot of hacks for decision-making. Um, the first is really tuning into your gut feeling. I know that that sounds very woo-woo, but Brett, isn't it true that most of us kind of know, right? Yeah, we know what we, we know what feels good to us. We know what our preferences are. Sure, we've been raised to maybe doubt some of our preferences, but the truth is you kind of know what you want, what you really want, what's the right thing to do. The second is to acknowledge that some decisions do take longer than others, but in general, after weighing some factors, pros versus cons, you can reach a more decisive state or a more conclusive way of convincing yourself of a hell yes versus a hell no or of a hell no, right? You'll just see if naturally a lot of resistance comes up, a lot of limitations, a lot of excuses why you can't have that which you want, then you're just not ready. So step away from the plate. Now, the third tip I'm going to give you is what not to do, and that is don't involve the Greek chorus. If it's not an expert, if it's not a coach, if it's not a person who is truly equipped to help you and to guide you like a doctor, you're not doing yourself any favors by asking your aunt who has never started her own business about what to do with your business. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So we have this tendency to involve lots of different people in decisions that absolutely don't pertain to them. They're only able to give you information from their perspective and they're going to muck it up. So instead, just really hone in on points one and points two and realize that you are well able to get to that hell yes by yourself. I hope that was helpful. Absolutely, it was. So let's talk about the importance of why versus how. Oh, wow. Or, That's a big matzo ball right there, isn't it, Brett? Yes, it is. I think most people are very obsessed with hows. Most people, particularly overachievers, always just want to figure out how to do everything in their life. And they're very action-oriented as a result. As in, I'll just do and do and do, and I'll end up getting what I want. And there are lots of coaches who work this way, by the way. There's a formula to getting rich. There's a formula to finding love. But the truth is, it's kind of a murky way to go about things. And the reason is that intention is everything. What does that mean? That means that if everything works by law of attraction, and we can go into that in a different session, but generally speaking, the law of physics governing our universe is that like attracts like, then generally speaking, you will only attract what you truly are putting out there. And if you're putting out there a lot of doubt and resistance, meaning I want to get money, so I'll take the following steps to get money, but you don't really believe that you deserve money. You don't really believe that money is available to you. You don't really believe that money is easy, that money is fun, that money is exciting, or that money is good. Let's not forget money is the root of all evil is quite a prevalent belief. Yeah. You're not going to end up with that money. And the why is very important because when you start to understand why you are after the things you're after, for example, money, and you clear up the energy around that, 
you're much more likely to get it and to get it fast. For example, if you understand that you want that money in order to create a beautiful home, which you can open to beautiful people and create a community for yourself and for your family and spread light with it, there you go. If you know that you want that money because it's creating the business of your dreams that will empower other people, that will employ other people, that will spread lots of light, then you understand why you're doing what you're doing. And the most important reason to attach yourself to the why versus to the how is this. You know, Brett, if there's one thing I can guarantee is that life will keep coming at you no matter how much coaching you have, right? Life just keeps going yes, and setbacks does. happen and delays happen and crap happens. But connecting to your why, knowing why you are after this, what it means to you, will keep you in the game through the setbacks and through the delays and all the way to your goal. So how big is your belief in the uh, law of attraction? I mean, if you had to say on a scale of one to 10, is it a, is it a 20? I mean, is it a 10? I mean, where are you at on that, on that scale? I would say that it's a perfect 10. And the reason is I see law of attraction kind of like the law of gravity. It's a law as in I'm not flying off my chair right now. I am sitting in it and speaking with you. And law of attraction is exactly the same way. Mm. That's a great way to put it. It's so true. And I mean, it's, it, we become what we think about every single day. I always talk about action. So when you hear that word action or taking action, it's one of the circuits of success. When you hear action, what comes to mind? Well, I like the action, but I think about joy first. Cause remember you have to reach for a why that's nice and clear first a positive energy. True. Otherwise action is action. You know, the best way to tell it is the way Warren Buffett tells it. Cause he doesn't directly hit it on the head, but he said, have you ever followed Warren Buffett? Isn't he like, absolutely. Coolest? He is the coolest. And I totally buy his aw shucks demeanor. I think he yeah. is that adorable. Anyway, I, I agree. <laughs> so he says that when you hire people, he hires for three things, intelligence, enthusiasm, and integrity. And then he says, but if they don't have the third thing, the first two are destructive. Phenomenal way of putting it, right? That At the end of the day, there's no point in any action, in any intelligence, in any enthusiasm, if you don't have integrity. So action is great, but you have to know why you're acting. Emotion is what's going to create everything you want, not the action. The action is truly a subsidiary. And you'll see action is also going to become a lot more fun when you're actually tapped into why you want things and something that's meaningful to you and that's really fun, because otherwise you can take action all day long. I love it. I wrote it down. Warren Buffett hires based on three things, intelligence, enthusiasm, and integrity. And if you don't have integrity, the first two don't matter. It, man, that, that couldn't be any more spot on. That might be why he's done okay in life. I think that's one of the main reasons. He <laughs> likens, he ties this into, um, of course, the principle that he and Tony Robbins and many others discuss, which is we do become not only our thoughts, Brett, but the people we hang out with. Absolutely. And so you have to, to me, start uh, looking for integrity because if not, you're going to end up with a very interesting soul. <laughs> so the way I was introduced to you was, uh, believe it or not, I was on vacation down in Florida. My wife, my four kids were, were playing a board game in the house uh, and the Today Show comes on and John Gordon's on. And I'm like, oh, John Gordon was on my podcast. I know John, great books. And then you're with him. And then I'm like, holy smokes, you were awesome. And so I, I literally went to Instagram on vacation, sent you the message. You, uh, you know, respectfully 
got back to me and now here we are recording a podcast just a few weeks later. So that was pretty cool. I got to tell you that, that, you know, saw you on TV and then like within 24 hours we're booked for a podcast. So I think it's neat that you're, you're doing what you say you're doing, which again, that's that integrity part, right? Is you're living the life that you're talking about living. And so, but what was that experience like? I mean, are you a normal today show contributor? Do you do that stuff? I mean, what was that like? That's gotta be pretty cool. Well, thank you so much. That was pretty cool. That was my first time on the Today Show. I am very excited for the next time, which is going to be when my book comes out. And I love the experience. But the truth is, you really like any exposure, any chance to spread this message. You deserve to be happy. You can be happy. You can have everything you want is the bane of my existence. It's a chance and an opportunity to to uplift, right? I think um, I follow Seinfeld, too. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Uh, yeah. In addition to Warren Buffett, and he he always says that as well. He returns the text messages. He returns the call. He's happy to go on the the talk shows, even when he doesn't have anything to promote, because it's a joy to be around the people who appreciate you and who really need to hear what you have to say. Well, I'll be sending Jerry Seinfeld a message then later today and see what happens. I think you should. And by the <laughs> way, gonna... tell him to please call me back. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny because today I, I post every single day something from a book. I read at least 10 pages every day. It's a habit. It's a ritual of mine. It just keeps me sharp, keeps me going. But it says, be where you are. Otherwise, you will miss your life. And then my spin on that, as I said, I know this is something I can be guilty of doing at times. But today we got to work hard, especially today, work hard in the moment and enjoy the journey. So how can we get better? All of us, right, they're listening to this, that are trying to become better at what we do. It's a fast-paced, busy life. Um, how do we stay in the moment, enjoy the moment, and enjoy the journey? Oh, my God. That's the best question of all. And that is because you can't get there from here. That's what your phrase really was talking about. What do I mean by that? I mean that there is no there. There is that imagined future existence that most people have in their heads where all of their expectations are met and the life they truly desire exists. It's there, but it's not here. And if you think that it's not here right now, you're going to miss the fact that it's all around you and available to you at any given moment. I close every one of my sessions with the words, I want you to know that everything you want, everything you are working for and everything you're praying for is already here. And if you take a moment to just notice how much of what you want is already around you, you will get to quote unquote there much, much faster. For example, let's say that you're after the love of your life and you're currently single. Well, you could latch onto the fact that the world is filled with potential partners. Unless you're into dating fetuses, someone is walking around the planet right now with your name on their forehead. And that's really exciting. You can also start to notice how much love is around you from your family, from your friends, from I don't know, the fact that it's summer and it's a lovely day. You can also relish the fact that you have this wonderful and delicious freedom and lots of incredible experiences that you can appreciate right now. And as you do, you will get much closer to everything that you really want to manifest because you are appreciating what is right now. That's the deliciousness of the journey. And the journey is really where it's at, right, Brett? Like this is where all the fun is. This is where all the learning is. This is all the process that's preparing you. It's like a pregnancy. It just gets better and better and better. And if you don't go through it, you don't get your baby. So you might as well stick around. (laughs) I like that. That's exactly right. So let's talk. You work with, you know, phenomenal people around around the globe. And um, you've seen 
you know, what I would call the one percenters in action. And so what would you say are the one or two or three things that you've picked up along the way you've helped them with is the habit and the ritual that they do without miss every single day? I love this question. You know that for most um, motivational speakers, the answer to that question is perseverance, right? It's persistence, it's grit. And um, that is the one thing that most people say that very successful people have in common. My finding is quite different. Mine is that superstars never stop learning. It's a great, great story about the cellist. I believe his name is pronounced Pablo Casal. Sorry, I'm not a classic music aficionado, but I do know how to spell his name. The point is, this guy was, at the age of 85, the greatest cellist in the world. Without a doubt, the greatest of all time. And the New York Times interviews him and asks him about his routine. And he says, I practice the cello five hours every day. So the reporter asks him, why do you do that? You're already the best in the world. And he said, because I think I'm getting better. I adore that story because to me, that is truly the hallmark of the superstar mindset. The superstar mindset understands this. You don't know what you don't know. Meaning you have the humility to always understand that there is something to learn around here. You know, Warren Buffett, like you, reads every single day. He professes to write, read for four hours every day. I wish I had that kind of free time, but still, that's glorious. What can he learn? Well, he reads biographies and autobiographies. He can learn through the human experiences of other humans who've walked this planet. And he makes very good reading list recommendations, by the way. I read all the time as well. I also dive into new realms all the time to explore new ways of approaching the same topic so that I can approach different people with the way that they need to be talked to or the way they need to hear uh, a certain message, right? And that's, that's kind of the identification of, of what I think superstars do differently from absolutely everybody else. They pick up new skills. They have mentors. They sharpen their saws, as Stephen Covey says. They're constantly looking for new information. They attend the conferences. They network. They do read for fun on the beach with their families. They teach other people because that's another way of learning, right? And they're constantly on the road of expansion. And when you do that, well, you kind of can't miss. I like it. Superstars never stop learning. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Um, talk to us how we bust through our comfort zone. So a lot of people listen to this. Uh, most people, everybody probably is successful in their own right uh, and their own definition, which I, I think is key is to define your own success, not let somebody else define it for you. But so they're successful, but how do they, you know, everybody wants to bust through that comfort zone and take it to the next level. So how do we bust through the comfort zone? I wish you were right that most people want to bust through their comfort zone. Most people are so driven by comfort, by certainty. Good point. That they are more than welcome to more than enjoying a life of laziness and the life of mediocrity. I say that with enormous love because the truth is anyone who applied some of that incredible mental energy that we all have could blast through a comfort zone into a life that includes absolutely everything that they want. The fastest way to blasting through this is to have an inkling that something out there might be waiting for you and might be a little bit better than what you personally have and getting a coach because we know how to do this for you and to do it real quickly with you. But in general, blasting through that comfort zone will come down to this. If you have a nagging feeling that there might be something else, that it's perfectly fine, but I don't know, somehow is that all there is? You should follow that inclination. 
and look for more. Even Jerry Seinfeld had that bent. Remember, I don't know if you are all Seinfeld fans. I assume that the world is, but sometimes they're not. <laughs> Seinfeld right. was 45 years old when his show was number one in the world. He had more Porsches than he could possibly house. And he asked himself this question after being single and very much enjoying it for 45 years. Is that all there is? A person at the apex of success asked himself, like every superstar, what else is there, essentially? And it's then that you really blast through your comfort zone and have absolutely enormous years. In that year, by the way, 1998, he made $286 million. That is an insane figure for anyone and the highest figure ever for an entertainer. And he has consistently produced about $80 million a year since then. Not that the measure of success is through money, but just thinking creatively about how to expand his role, what more to create, what more to put out there, what more to have, including his incredible wife, his children, and all of their pets. So the point is this. The point is, if you have an inclination that there is something else that you can do and be or have, go for it. There is no such thing as failure And there is no such thing as success anyway, so you have nothing to lose. Meaning failure for a superstar is just redirection. It's just this didn't work, so let's just keep going in a different direction. And success is very temporary. So the truth is that's not what's going to keep you going. Instead, just go for that which really makes you feel good and figure out how to make it part of your daily existence. And then you'll start living with incredible meaning. Well, what you said there I mean, made me think of a guy, uh, Tom Satterley, who was on my podcast. He's literally a true American hero. And he said the failure, uh, real true failure is the failure to not try. And I think that you're right. I mean, you got to go out and you just got to make it happen and you got to do it. So um, you talked earlier about fear at the beginning, and I'm going to bring it up a question I ask on every show. And it talks about the fear of failure, the, just but fear and period. How much fear that you've put in your mind, Karen, has actually blown up to the magnitude that you thought it would be when you put it in your mind? 0.0%. Amen. First, first I want to say that you should end this podcast by playing One Moment in Time by Whitney Houston. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, it's a, a perfect, song. it's an excellent summary. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I knew that I believe. Um, the, the truth is that all of my fears were complete and utter nonsense. I'll give you the best example ever. When I was 32 years old, Brett, have you seen pictures of me, by the way? Am I not adorable? I I'm you are freaking, adorable. Absolutely I am so adorable. freaking cute. So imagine <laughs> at 32, I'm even cuter. And I thought, because I had listened to my grandmother and my mother and all of my aunts, that I was going to die single, alone, and barren. This was the end. I was going to be sad in the city, not sex in the city. It was just going to be a tragic demise. So I decided to settle for what I could get and just get married already because I was so scared of this singlehood, this tragic spinsterhood that was all in my mind. And I ended up marrying a guy who like kind of fit with my checklist, right? Like he had the right job and he had great hair and he spoke a couple of languages, which was very important to me at the time. And this was the most important thing, Brett. He didn't have any chest hair, which at the time was <laughs> truly a very important That's factor. very important. But I ended up marrying a guy who had pretty much nothing in common with me, zero goals in common with me, didn't get my personality, was rather mean at the time, and lots of other things that just made it not work out. And I got divorced as a result two and a half years later. And do you know what happened? 
first of all, I have turned 40 and I'm still rocking my life. I'm in the best relationship I've ever been in and everything is working out very, very well. Thank you very much. And secondly, nothing happened. Even divorce wasn't such a huge issue. Nothing that we fear so much is as bad as the fear itself. Winston Churchill was actually right on there. Mm. And if you understand that, and again, remember that your scenarios that you're playing in your head of what failure is are actually based on flawed premises, you will be able to unwind them. My book is going to be called All Your Problems Solved Forever. And the big joke is there is no such thing. The problem's are awesome. There's no such thing as a problem without a solution. Just no such thing. I would 100% agree with that. And that moves me to my next question, which is, I think when you look at people with problems and and whatever, I think we all try to focus on that big move that's going to, you know, finish all the problems. But again, like you said, they're never going to go away. So that one problem that you're trying to fix, yeah, you may fix it today or tomorrow or the next day, but there's still a problem. Wherever you go, you go with you. We create our own problems, I believe. But how do we focus on small moves versus big moves? By taking it day by day, problem by problem, and also by seeing problems as friends. You know, problems are friends. Problems show you what you don't want, but shows you what you do want. That's not a bad thing. Even in the case of grief, even in the case of trauma, and remember, I am a crisis counselor. I do deal with a lot of grief and trauma. When you can see that all of this is working for you somehow with some glimmer of light, that you are now able to tell a story that will empower and help others, that you are now able to start afresh, this is always going to save you. And I, I also believe that there are no small moves or big moves. I think everything really does contribute to the end result. Don't you think, Brett? I mean, I absolutely do. Right. Like, you know, when somebody says to me, this happened suddenly, or this happened out of the blue, I think, well, not really. It, it just happened out of your oblivion. You just didn't notice all of the small things that ended up contributing to this large matzo ball that you've got here. So with all the things that you've learned and witnessed and, and just, you know, became world-class at, what would you say is if you could go back 10 or 15 years and tell that Karen, that beautiful young Karen, uh, what would you tell that young woman? Man, here's what I would say. You are an Olympic champion. There is nothing you cannot be and do or have. It is all going to be okay. Let me blow the ending for you. Everything ends up working out. And it's not just because it did work out. It's because it works out for everybody. You know, Brett, The reason so many people lose their grip on their ability to help people through true trauma, true crisis, and true problems is because they lower themselves to the problem of somebody and they agree with them. That is not validation. That is joining somebody in the problem. You can never get so sick that you help a sick person get healthy. You can never get so poor, you know this, that you can help a poor person rise into wealth. You really must see everyone as an Olympic champion. And I wish I could go back and tell her that she really is all that. And it's absolutely going to work out. And she should just really just go with it and follow her preferences because they're valid and everything's going to work out anyway. Now, here's the thing, though. I'm glad I didn't because the truth is words don't teach. Life experience teaches. And even in coaching, The other person in coaching must do the work. 
it's not going to just be given to you like, you know, tablets from Sinai. So if you could um, recommend one book, what would that book be for our listeners? You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I just saw that the other day at uh, Barnes & Noble. There's a, look, it's not going to appeal to everybody, right? If you're a Stephen R. Covey guy and you particularly like formal language and nope. um, I don't know, that, then that might be better for your sensibilities. It, this is certainly not one of the books that I recommend in a corporate environment. And I coach many companies like Van Cleef and Arpels and IWC. But the thing about this book that's really fantastic is even though it doesn't particularly go anywhere, it doesn't get you from A to Z, it does unravel many of the basic concepts that we discuss all the time in coaching that will empower you. And she's really, really funny, at least in my opinion, she's very funny. And if you like that voice, it's going to definitely get you moving. Got it. Well, to check it out. I've been seeing it lately, so that's good. Uh, number one app if you get you can't live with on your phone. What is it? Oh, I, I I'm embarrassed to admit this, but Instagram. <laughs> it's pretty I'm cool. Sorry. Spot, isn't I'm, it? Yeah, it's it's ridiculously addictive, and I happen to be a huge fan of cats. So there I spend an, an inordinate amount of time on Instagram. It's terrible. I like it. it is a good spot though. Uh, I give you $10 million, Karen. You can't pay off any debts. You can't invest it and you can't you know, give it away to charity. What are you going to do with $10 million? I can't spend it. I can't invest it. Well, you can spend it, but you just can't like invest. You can't oh, come can to Visionary Wealth Advisors and you know, invest it for your future. <laughs> and you can't pay off debt and you can't give it you know, to I Mother Teresa or whatever. invest it entirely in my business. I like it. And what are you doing? What's the next step? If you had that $10 million check today, what's the next thing you need in your business? Well, I don't need $10 million right now. Thank you very much for offering it. But um, I'm, um, I just launched my fourth program, Enterprise with Enthusiasm, for basically anybody who's an advanced coaching uh, graduate. I am about to release my first program in Spanish, Vivir con Entusiasmo. Very few people know this, but I speak five languages. Holy <laughs> and I know. It's so exciting. And um, the book launch has to be supported because it just does. So that's basically what I would do with that. And I would boost all of the online marketing to go with it. And online marketing budgets, as you know, can become very sizable very, very quickly. Got it. Karen, you are a rock star. Loved hanging out with you today. Where can our listeners find more of you? Likewise, thank you so much. I'm on www.karen, that's spelled with two E's, eldad.com, and on Instagram at Coach Karen, and I hope to see them therein. Awesome. Well, we loved having you on the show today, Karen. Thank you so much. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.